Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Shilor Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy. Now we got it going, John. We're back. <laughs> and we're back. So, anyway, so... uh in case you didn't know, I think uh, I messed up the recording there, but we're sipping on our whiskey and uh, yeah, there it is. Um, we got a little random question generator going on. Um, yeah. Um, and the first one was, yeah, you want to go ahead and most, say your, your first the question first was? The most, the, the most historic thing that ever happened in your lifetime and you said 9-11. Yeah, 9-11. solid. Yeah, 9-11. Um, again, for tenth grade, ninth or 10th grade. And I walked into my English class, and I remember it was the teachers had a TV on, and you know we saw the smoke come from the World Trade. But I, again, I was just like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. I don't even know what the World Trade Center is. And uh, I couldn't have told you what city or state it was in before that day. I don't think I could have either, because I mean we didn't really travel that much when I was little anyway. And uh, if we did travel, it was only to like either the beach or. Uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, or whatever, but oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, but yeah, I remember like I don't know what this is or what's going on, and then but I remember like as the day came out, everyone was like freaking out, saying, "Oh, we're going to go to war," and and I remember being a little worried about it, and like how are we going to retaliate? And right, who are we going to war with? Yeah, I was terrorism. Like, no one. Yeah, that's all we knew. I was like, who did it? Like how they fly? Or I just thought first that a plane just flew in it randomly, but then when it came out. The Pentagon, Pennsylvania, and was there one more plane? Was there four or three? So there's four, two, two at the World Trade, two at the World Trade, Pentagon, and uh, one in Pennsylvania, the, uh, field in Pennsylvania. Yeah, like the the uh, not the crew, but the uh, people on the plane kind of took it over, sort of helped out. Yeah, or? they they forced it to land early, so <laughs> that it uh, like everybody on the crew died, but they landed in the field as opposed to another historic building. Yeah. And then, like you said, like the Pentagon, uh, you want to tell that part? Oh, the, <laughs> the conspiracy the, uh, theory? Conspiracy theory. So you look at pictures of the Pentagon, and there's this big smoking hole in the side of the Pentagon. But it's like if a plane hit it, why would there not be any imprints of the wings? Why would it just be a hole there? So it was interesting. You know, maybe the, the wings broke off. Uh, maybe um, magic from cameras. You never know. But did it ever come out saying that they did find the wings or anything like that? Or No. Hmm. Now they, they're like, oh no, but we fixed the hole moving right along. 
Nobody, nobody wants to talk about the fact that it was, uh, what is it, two months around the same time that the armed forces were going to explain where several, at least $1 trillion was missing. Okay. All of a sudden, 9-11 happened and we didn't care. Hmm. There's always the interesting timings, you know, like. Uh, I didn't, wait, wait, talk, talk about this. I don't think I knew about this. Oh, so. So we were missing the, $1 trillion? Oh, so the military budget, there had been over a trillion dollars was missing. And they're like, well, where is it? And they're like, oh, well, well, you know, oh, God, 9-11. We never found out. And it's it's always these things that are interesting to see the shuffling happen on. So you'll get, uh, I think Barack Obama was like, we shot Osama bin Laden. It's like, wait, didn't we do that the same day that Wikipedia released the Gitmo files? And we wanted to cover that up because nobody looked at it. And the Wikipedia guy was pissed, especially when he uh, lost person of the year to Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> wait, wait, is that the uh, the WikiLeaks stuff? You did yeah, get MoFileaks. God, I forgot, yeah, yeah. I forgot all about that. Dude, yeah, because the only way you cover up a, a big story is with a bigger story. So we've been sitting, I think uh, the intel was three or four months. We knew where Osama bin Laden was. And all of a sudden it's like WikiLeaks is going to hit and tell all the terrible things we've done. And Barack Obama's like, Make it happen. Yeah. He gone. Well, here's a random question. So when we killed Osama bin Laden, we threw him in water, right? So I heard that uh, there was a Navy burial at sea. Okay. In order to not have a place for people to go to, in order to kind of have the, the martyrdom kind of dissipate so if you it's like oh he was killed at this location so people go there it's like oh he's a martyr he did a lot of things and they want to you know go and support his vision after the fact so i'd heard that but i didn't know if that actually happened well yeah i mean they did show a video of them dumping a body into the ocean but for some reason i thought that was Somebody told me one time that's how uh, they wanted to be buried. Like when I say they, like his faith or whatever. Muslim. Yeah, I think uh, I don't he was know, that I, guy that knew where that one trillion dollars went. <laughs> him too, you know. But yeah, I don't. I, I think they just kind of did that just to get rid of him and not really, you know, like you said, not have a site for him and people go to, and that would make more right. sense because there's no telling what would happen if people actually knew where he was buried at. So, right. I don't know. If that's kind of weird. That's, Crazy stuff, I don't know. Right? I haven't really thought about those that a lot, so I don't know if a lot of that may even made sense. But I don't okay. know. I haven't thought okay. about. I even thought about all this in years, though. Well, I mean, we've had a a major event happen almost every month, and we spoke about it in our last uh, chat. Yeah. How every every single month in 2020 was something crazy. 2021, we get uh, a brand new slew of people who are uh, deciding that things got to change. Yeah, we're already starting 2021 with a big month of the Capitol riot. And yeah, the uh, the armed forces did send out an official letter, and it was each one of the uh, branch leaders said that they will support a peaceful transition and uh, that they will uphold the Constitution. It's a uh, preemptive but powerful statement to be like, look, it's it's done, and the, the armed forces aren't going to put up with this, but... Do you, what it is. Do you think Trump just ruined himself? I mean, he didn't have any help uh, the whole time, and then uh, at the end, he just melted down. And what do you, what do you do? Like I mean, you, you see a guy like that, 
and it's sad. Yeah. I mean, I read a few articles and stuff that there was a chance that back in, or not back in 2024, he might actually run again. And uh, I think, you know, with this happening right there towards the end, I don't think he have, even has a shot anymore. It's just kind of like, all right, go on your way, man. You tried, but well, felt if he bad gets, for him. Uh, doubly impeached. Um, the whole point of the impeachment is not to get him out of office <laughs> with the remaining four days. But it's to make sure that he couldn't run again. Okay. Which I mean, it would be interesting because if he ran as a third party candidate, it might be the first time a third party candidate got more than you know five percent of the votes. So when you say third party, you mean like run independent? Yeah. So like what uh, Ross Perot yeah. did a while back. Yes, uh, Ross Perot. Um, of course, you got the Libertarian candidate Joe Jorgensen. She ran, uh, I'm trying to remember who the Green Party candidate was. Uh, Vermin Supreme runs every year. I uh, I enjoy him whenever he comes out. He's the guy who wears a boot on his head. I don't remember. He's him. actually, oh, uh, dude, I'll, uh, I'll pull that up and shoot you a quick email. Okay. But, uh, that's one thing nice about the, the video chat is we can screen split share. screen. Yeah, eventually that. I'd like to have this thing for when I post them on YouTube and stuff that, you know, stuff we're talking about, I actually put up a small picture you know, like, especially if we're like sitting one-on-one together or whatever. Yeah, man. I'm trying to see, I need to learn how to throw it up on my screen and just be like, uh, check well, it out. I have share screen, but anyway, it's not important. We don't want to give these viewers dead air. <laughs> nah. So, all right. Um, you hit me with the second question. Okay. Yeah. The second question. All right. That was a good first question though. Get us caught fire here pretty early. Um, what's the worst thing you've eaten out of politeness? Yeah, and that was uh, I went to my boy's house. Uh, he was my neighbor, and it was like the second second time I'd really met his mom. And we had come out. We were playing some uh, wrestling on the N sixty four. Oh, like WWE stuff or F? I guess back then. Oh, back when it was still WWF <laughs> and, and WCW. So. Uh, we came out and she'd made some chili and it smelled kind of weird, but I thought cause it was turkey chili. I was like, all right. So I was eating, I was like, ah, oh, stuff tasted awful. And you, you eat what's put in front of you in the South. So I was like, all right, um, I need some salt. So I started salting this thing and I was just like, oh yeah, I need some salt. <laughs> like I just kept going. And my friend's older brother came in and he grabs a bowl. He's like, what is this shit? And she goes, oh, I think the turkey might have went bad, but I still cooked it up. And he's like, Jesus Christ, look at him. Points at me. He's like, he's just covering his shit up with uh, salt so we can eat like they did in the medieval times. Like, mm. <laughs> so. Ain't nothing wrong with no turkey chili, though. I mean, turkey chili all right when the turkey doesn't go bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Enough, enough salt to kill anything. That's true. And back, whiskey. back in the day, uh, no, not back in the day, but. When they used to store meat, they would just cover it in salt anyway, right? I still do. That's how really? I think Yeah. They just don't put it in the freezer? Huh. Salt cured. Anything that is cured meat. Yeah. Traditionally, um, actually, when I was growing up, as a side note, curing hogs, uh, what you do is after you've um, slaughtered the animal and you have it uh, ready and cut up for curing, you would leave the skin on, on the bigger pieces, but then you have the exposed meat section, like let's say a ham leg. And so you got the, the hoof 
goes up into the leg, but then you have where you've cut off at the hip. Well, you would take a mixture of, it was salt, black pepper, molasses, and uh, my aunt specifically liked using cayenne pepper also, a little pinch of that. And you would take the molasses and start rolling it up with the salt. And you want enough salt pepper in that to where it almost, I want to say like a fondant. Okay. If uh, you're familiar with that sort of consistency, mm-hmm. like a little bit thinner, it's, uh, well, anyways, it's thick enough to where it'll almost stand on its own, but thin enough to where you could rub it into the meat. And so what you do is you take it and you would rub it in to the exposed section and it would cure that meat. And so you just leave it in a smokehouse uh, outside of the sun. So you don't, you don't want to get it too hot, but you just left it in the smokehouse outside. Um, typically it'll be a place that's kind of built into a hill so that you can get uh, some of that 52-52 action. If uh, you're familiar with that. Uh, yeah, dude, I don't know anything about any of this. You're going to have to educate me. All right. So um, 52 to 52 inches under the grass line is when you start getting 52 degrees consistently for underground. So like when you go into a cave, you're like, man, it's so cold. Like, yeah. About 52 degrees. And it's that 52-52 rough wool. Huh. I've never even heard of that. Fun facts, man. Fun facts. Damn, dude. So wait, so you you grew up killing these hogs? Yeah. Well, I didn't. I was like four, so oh, I didn't okay. have to do it. So you just, I was just there after when they're like, okay, I want you to, um, you know, mix this up and then smack it on the hog a little bit. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so you just kind of watched it being done. Yeah, watch it and then lay a, lay a hand on it because I was barely big enough to uh, lift. I couldn't lift a ham leg because those were like 60 pounds. Oh, yeah. But Is that something your parents did? Uh, my So it was my father's sister's family. So okay. Was, uh, so I, I would go and stay with them while my parents were working. I'd be like, all right, it's, uh, it's time for the hog killing. Oh, shit. Seriously. Oh, shit. So. But, you know, grew, grew up in that sort of environment and it makes you appreciate where meat comes from. Yeah. You know, there was a, uh, I saw a snippet of, uh, I think it was like, you know, Hell's Kitchen or something. And Gordon Ramsay had all the chefs and all the chickens running around. And he's like, okay, you guys need to go and pick your chicken. And so everybody goes and they, they pick their chicken. And he says, okay, now you guys are going to need to kill your chicken. And all the chefs are looking around like, what the fuck is he talking about? And like, he kind of waits and they're like, uh, I can't do this. And it's funny because it goes into that mindset of that girl. That's like, I don't know why people kill animals when you can just get meat from the store. And he ties it in by saying like, look, anytime you guys prepare a meal, especially a meat dish, something that was living died for you to prepare it. For sure. So, so you need to understand the gravitas of like, it's not just fucking up a meal by burning it. You made this animal needlessly waste its life because you did a shit job of preparing your food. Mm-hmm. And it, it gave, uh, it was a very good sort of um, layering of expectations and, you know, responsibility. Yeah. Also, you could definitely tell none of those chefs were from the South because it'd be dead damn chicken in his hand. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah, it, it does make you appreciate that for sure. I mean, like, when I was, you know, thinking about these, this quarantine and pandemic, like, what if it came out that grocery stores had to be closed or whatever? And we actually had to go out and get our food ourselves. And I was like, I don't know how to clean anything or skin anything. And, but. Well, um, 
I mean, you learn quick. You uh, you take it uh, breastbone down, take the uh, the genitals and stuff off, let the guts get. I mean, obviously, I'm kind of glancing over the heart parts, but you uh, then you have to. Different animals have a different skin thickness, yeah. So you have to, you know, make sure you got a sharp knife. But even even me knowing it, I've done it so few times. I'd be like, well, it's going to be a little hairy when you eat it, but you know, it is <laughs> it's the best is. you can do. But I guess you learn from doing it. But I've watched, yeah, I've watched a couple of videos of people doing it and trying to learn how to cook it myself and stuff. But yeah, it's an interesting interesting process for sure, and stuff. Something I need to probably should learn eventually, hopefully down the road. I got a couple. Of, I got a couple of friends who know how to do it. And hopefully, this winter I said I was going to get a deer and do it, but I never did. Obviously, dude, you got that bow. Yeah, well, that's part of the new hobby. So you know, Ooh. I'm going to start doing this now, and then down the road, I don't know. If, I've never really been a hunter, and but maybe I would. You know, I would like to at least go try. I've tried it a couple of times when I was little, and I just don't have the patience to sit outside in the cold, and I get too bored, and especially if you know there's no action. It's like, man, what the hell am I going to do? So it's uh. Honestly, I didn't appreciate when I was younger. Now that I'm older. It's a good, good time to go out and meditate uh, with your eyes open, but just kind of focus on the self, decompress from all the electronics, mm-hmm. getting away from it. And the only, my only recommendation when you go hunting is um, take a camera or practice to be a good shot because there's nothing worse than wounding an animal. Like kill it and you know hit it where you need to to drop it quickly. Or um, just take a camera and take photos. You know, there's people, Nat Geo is having people still make a ton of money going out and taking fresh photos of all sorts of wildlife. And yeah. that's great for people. Yeah, there's a, there's an awesome Instagram page I follow called Nature's is Nature's Metal. You ever seen it? But oh, dude, I'll check it out. <laughs> check it out. And it's just like a guy, he posts like, a, you know, a lion being attacked by a a group of hyenas, but all of a sudden his bro comes in there and helps him attack him off. And it's just random shots like that. And, uh, right. yeah, kind of going off what you said though. It's just like, you know, you kind of learn, appreciate like, you know, if, Hey, you know, if I don't shoot this animal, I mean, most likely it's either going to get brutally, like I saw, I've watched a video of a bear, uh, not bear, a bear being uh, killed by a bear, a bear, bear. <laughs> bear being killed, killing a deer. And it was like, I couldn't bear to watch it, man. It was just, you know, uh, you know, like, oh man, this poor deer. But whereas, like a, a hunter or something, actually shooting it instantly and watching it go down and actually being used. I mean, obviously that bear ate, but man, it was just like, oh, I can't believe I'm watching this. It was terrible. You see that? Think it's um, horrifying. It's like, man, these animals are dying like that, as opposed to a a clean well, kill from a hunter. Not every shot is clean. That's well, that's they, true too. It could be a good shot because what uh, one of the reasons why the uh, Virginia you know, game wardens are very particular about the lack of spotlighting is because spotlighting, you don't get a, I mean, sometimes you can get the deer to freeze, but typically this is being done from trucks, people driving on the yeah. road, they're shooting the animal. They just want to like shoot it and go. They're not even harvesting the animal. Yeah. It's just a sport. Yeah. It's well, like, it's not even a sport because they're not, they're not taking the animal and getting the horns. They should be like, Hey, look, I did this, but they shoot them in the hips. And, you know, a deer can live for days, sometimes weeks with a bullet in the hip. Yeah. And it's just uh, it's needless violence, man. No, that page is actually showing like deers with like big gashes going down their backs and like they're walking and um, you can see their muscles moving as they walk. But it's just like, fuck, these deers are fucking relentless, man. I mean, how they survive. Dude, they got uh, all they know is to survive. Yeah. I mean, animals are tough, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, they got that sixth sense. Like you said, all they know is to survive and living out in negative degree weather and still getting their food and whatnot. I mean, as opposed to like these two little dogs I have here just wait on me to feed them, <laughs> all, <laughs> feed them all day or whatever. Like if I put them out in negative degree or anything at 32, they'll wouldn't know what to do. Like what? Yeah. Like, uh, Scratch at the door the whole time. What the hell, man? So. Uh, I think, um, you know, part of that's a lot of, you know, people have gotten a very similar way. I guess uh, we'll, we'll transition to that. You know, Dave Chappelle, who's, he's been on fire lately. Every Dude, time. I love Dave Chappelle. He's, he's seriously, he's gotten his stride like Carlin did when he was older. When, um, uh, shoot, who am I thinking of? Uh, played opposite of Gene Wilder. I can see. Um, God. What are you talking about? What movie? Um, Richard Pryor. Oh. Richard Pryor. Like, I mean, just that sort of level-headed, seeing the whole field, the geopolitical, the familial, every single piece of it. Like, Dave Chappelle's just nailing it. And it was in a minute he explained, it's like, you know, why did he quit Chappelle show? And I think that a lot of people are in a similar boat with the big corporations and trying to start their own business and mm-hmm. some of the dying of small business, especially with 2020. And he said in Australia, what the Bushmen will do is they're like, I need to find water. So what they'll do is they'll dig, they'll dig a, a salt hole. And what they'll do is they'll dig a hole and they'll put salt in it. Okay. And the hole will be just big enough for a baboon to reach its hand in there and grab the salt. Well, if the baboon tries to pull his hand out, it's stuck. It can't get its arm out, but it doesn't want to let go of the salt. And if it let go of the salt, it get its arm out, but it won't let go of the salt. So what the Bushmen do is they'll go up and they'll grab it and they'll take the baboon and they'll put it in a cage and they'll feed as much salt as it wants. Well, all of a sudden now it gets really, really thirsty. And then they'll let it out and the baboon will just beeline it to water. And the Bushman goes with the baboon and get the water. And he said, I was beginning to feel like the baboon. So I just let go of the salt. And I think that was a powerful message of being like, people have to understand that they're responsible for their own self-sufficiency. And it's difficult because there's so many things that you can do that you can grow and achieve inside of a corporation or a corporate world. But we also have a ton of small businesses that are growing and thriving on the internet in this, you know, digital globalization that we have going on. And it's uh, it's pretty good stuff, but you know, stay, stay humble, stay hungry, right? That's what they say. I stay hungry. Trying to trying to lose some of this hunger weight. <laughs> so you think we're going to see a lot of small businesses coming up through the internet in the future? Um, I think that there's a lot of small businesses will either change to a hybrid model. Like, uh, I mean, you take all the fast food services. Burger King was universally laughed at. They were actually the first on the boat to, hey, call us up and we'll deliver you food. And people okay. are like, why the fuck would I have Burger King delivered? Like, I would just go drive to it. Right. And now you've got Postmates. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to – I'll just pull it up and look at it. I got food apps on my phone for days. Yeah, you was. Postmates, Uber Eats, Grubhub. Grubhub, Post, uh, which you said uh, DoorDash. Yeah, DoorDash. Grubhub, Postmates. What was the other one? Uber Eats. Uber Eats. So, so Uber 
there's a company that started small and they said, we're going to do one thing well, and that's just get people to communicate. Well, Uber went from uh, the golden child the last couple of years of not being kind to them. And Lyft has done a good job of capturing some of their market. But Uber was like, look, we're going to we're going to have people that have a need. They want to go somewhere and people with cars want to take them. And they got really good at that. And you're good. You're done. Um, they're like, well, why don't we do that with trucks? So there's uh, Uber does trucking. So they do, let's say you're a truck driver mm-hmm. and you just dropped off a load in California. You're getting ready to go to Washington or, you know, New York or wherever, but you don't have a load to haul. Well, you're having to drive back. That's wasted money and time on your behalf. Or let's say you're like, you know, I'm going to, I need somebody to take a load from here to Arkansas. It's like, well, you know, it's an hour out of my way, but I can do that. All of a sudden, boom, you're connected, you're moving, you're done. Um, Then they had Uber Eats. They're like, okay, restaurants are doing this. And DoorDash and Grubhub were really the first pioneers of that. They saw what Uber was doing, and they're like, we're going to focus on food and do exclusive contracts with restaurants. And, I mean, it's just grown from there. And that's a – that's a small and sometimes full-time side hustle. There's people who have quit their jobs just to be able to do Uber and drive around because it's consistent money, you know, that you're going to be ferrying people at certain times you get there and it's less restrictive than the cab market was. And you can do this in areas. I mean, there's never, I remember I would have given my, uh, I'd have given my buddy's left testicle to be able to take a cab home when I was at Radford. I wouldn't give him Dude, mine. Dude, yeah, when we had but, this in college, we had Uber and stuff back then. It'd been a game changer. I mean, you know, we we damn sure wouldn't have uh, you know gotten near trains trying to cross train tracks, <laughs> yeah, stuff, trying to know. get across back home. Just, I know, there's just some right. good times. Get on with yeah, you know, by train. Yeah, probably legal. Well, it's it's uh, we're it's just we're just kidding, folks. Yeah. We didn't really do that. Uh, it's, it's a felony, but the statute of limitations two years. I found that out. So, oh, really? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, oh. so we're, we're a decade past it. Oh, man, we're good to go. But, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, another plus that Uber Eats. I mean, you can work when you want to, and you're, you're your own boss, and you don't. And that's a, that's a, what a, a lot of people, I think, feel like like nowadays. And you're out and about, and you're not confined to a an office sitting under fluorescent lights and four walls. And well, just imagine what it's like for a single parent to say, you know, I'm taking care of my kids from this time to this time, but I want to be able to make a little extra money, something that doesn't, you know, confine me into a traditional job with hours that I can do and provide supplemental income Mm -hmm. and boom, you want to, you want to turn on your Uber app for an hour, you're in for an hour. You want to not turn it on. You're not under contract. It's, it's provides freedom. And I think that there's, as we continue to move forward, services will be identified that you can do in a similar aspect. Hmm. All right. Um, I mean, we went uh, we went hard in the pain. Yeah, yeah. We went through two questions. All right. Um, how about you? One more and me? One more. All right. I'm good with that. All right. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up first. All right. Refresh. Oh Jesus. I mean, who did you look up to, but they screwed up and you lost faith in them? Who did I look up to, and they and they screwed up? Yep, and you lost faith in them. And I lost faith in them. Well, I'm getting these existential questions here. It's yeah. Like, oh man. Um. I guess. Well, probably when I start. When I, uh, let me rephrase this. 
So the first one that comes to mind is when growing up, when the the Bulls, Chicago Bulls, were uh, you know the '90s team, oh. yeah, you know, and then you know they had Michael Jordan, obviously, and Scottie Pippen, and I forgot Dennis which Rodman, yeah, and I forgot which year it was, but Dennis Rodman came to town, and he was the new bad boy. Right. Well, he's always played with, like you know with the Pistons, and he was like the bad boy era. But you know, he was always this guy who had his own, you know, separate mentality, and you know, he didn't really care about being flashy. And uh, he was he was flashy. Well, he was flashy, but he you know he didn't care about scoring points. Yeah, he he didn't care about being the man. He just wanted to win. It seemed like, and but you know, he always had you know off the court, he was always doing something wild and crazy, like going to Vegas and drinking and. Spending money. Madonna. Yeah, Madonna. And who was the other uh, supermodel back then? I mean, Dennis uh, Robin was, was laying it down. Yeah, and like he never really screwed up, but he, he did screw up a couple times off the court where he would get fined or whatever. And I remember he even wrote a book. It was called Bad As I Want To Be. And, I, and it was like he's dead naked on the front of the cover with like a basketball cover in his dick. And I don't I, for some reason I ended up with it. I don't know if I got taught my mom into buying it for me or whatever, but I remember reading it and it was, you know, all about his livelihood and. He had a hard life, but uh, like he never really screwed up. But, you know, he finally – I forgot how he left the Bulls or whatever. I guess they broke up. But, you know, I remember he was like one of the guys, man, he was he was just such a cool guy, you know. And on the court, he was just – he was rebounding and just doing – he would go down the court and like shoot a three randomly. And But he also – he put in the work. And I don't know, maybe this is probably not the best answer for that question, but – well, uh, but yeah, I remember like liking the Bulls when I was like in when they were in their golden era right there, and like he was one of the ones I looked up to. But he was also, you know, screwing up off the court. So there you go. But he yeah, was it's like you. Yeah, but he was he was an the, athlete and a half. Right. He's you know he's doing the hustle, but you look at the back end, and you're like, nah, man, yeah. like this. But you know, I've always sustainable. I've always looked up to players like that. You know, uh, I remember Michael Vick growing up, watching him at Tech, and I actually, Woo! I think, yeah, going to uh, that's a good. That's probably a better one right there. Yeah, there it is. I, yeah, um, I remember watching. I went. Me, mom took me and my brother to a game, and I it was when he was at Tech, and I remember we were sitting in the stands. And I remember like because he was the shit. Obviously, he made VT football and. Uh, I remember watching. Man, this is an athlete and a half, and just just watching him play was just badass to me. He was he was a physical quarterback, mm-hmm. like somebody that you're like, wow, this guy's not just taking a snap and throwing it. He's he's running with the ball, yeah, making plays. And he just made people look stupid when he was running down the field. It's just like, and it, I mean, it was just so fun to watch. And I remember just like, man, yeah, I want to be like that when I'm older. But I, I guess that had been I forgot what years he was playing. So I, that would have been like elementary or early high school for me, I think. But yeah, yeah, he screwed up pretty bad though. <laughs> uh, I hear he has a thing about dogs. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, I always liked Allen Iverson too growing up, and but he had some his problems off the court. But he was an athlete, but he never, you know, he only screwed up a little bit. But it's kind of like seems yeah. similar to Dennis Rodman. So yeah, I think I think uh, Dennis Rodman, Allen Iverson, they both kind of had a, a similar but their own vibe. Now, if you're talking about shit in the bed, though, Vic. That's that's a yeah. proper because I mean he was he was a man for a lot of people for a lot of times and mm-hmm. then you know it comes in it's like wait you're doing what and yeah I mean uh, I'm sure that still goes on nowadays and oh yeah but he just but like you know even though you know he says what that's when he was growing up that was kind of what he just thought how it was 
like that's he just thought that was life like to you know have dogs fight and everything and but it was just you know maybe that could be you know part of the aspect of growing up if you don't know any better but you would think you would know some better right or am I just you, talking out of my well, ass you think, but it's it's the whole point of and I'm going to try to find it um So, what are you looking for? I'm looking for the African warlord that uh, converted to Christianity. Yeah, General Butt Naked. All right, so General. I'm trying to remember what I was watching. So, um, General Butt Naked is Joshua Milton. I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry, uh, Blani. And uh, he was a General Butt Naked. He grew up as a tribal warlord and he was raised by a witch doctor and they practiced human sacrifice cannibalism of children um it was it was pretty rough stuff he actually converted to christianity and um i'm sending you this link so you can check it out all right um and post it at the bottom and it's an interesting story but it, it ties into that concept of what you're talking about where you know did you not know any better and he's saying and uh, I can't remember if it's a Netflix documentary or whatever, but he was saying that it was just, that's what was done. And, you know, it's easy to be able to judge people by the, the tilt and filter of how you understand and view the world and what's popular, what's not, um, your educational level. Um, but it's not always easy to be able to say, well, I get where they're coming from based on their exposure. And, you know, there's a lot of, studies that say that SATs are biased based on the exposure that you get in school, home, your environment, that it's not necessarily able to help people who wouldn't know anything like, it's just a, uh, it's an interesting way of qualifying. I don't want to go into it. It's, it's a very big study and I'm going to do it uh, no justice here today, but uh, general butt naked, I sent you the link. If you would post it in the video, yeah, for sure. Check it out; it's it's interesting. All right, hit me with the question. Yeah, I'm ready. I had a I'm couple ready. thoughts first. All right, uh, let's see here. Next question. Mm, that was too easy. Oh, dude, am I getting the easy ones? Yeah, this is just <laughs> this is not this is like an icebreaker question. It ain't even. Go, go ahead. And decide. I where, where have you traveled? I guess you can. I know you've traveled yeah. some good decent nah, places. Nah, give me, give me. Yeah, but all right. Yeah. No, I haven't. Like, I'm getting Ooh. the ones. It's like, can you please tell me exactly what you were eating three years ago for breakfast on a <laughs> Tuesday morning? All right, I like this one. This would be a good one for you. All right. <clears throat> what movie universe would be the worst to live in? To live out your life in? Ooh, ooh. So it's movie, not series. Yeah. Um, to live your life in. Um, all right. And it, it, it all depends on, I, think I got a good one. Like I'm, I'm trying to think cause like, I mean, the Harry Potters are cool because you got magic unless you don't have magic. But if you don't have magic, then you don't know, like we could all be living in the Harry Potter universe. We don't have magic. So we don't know. Yeah. Um, star Wars, you can travel around. That's pretty cool. Um, Mad Max, which may or may not be coming up in the near future. <laughs> that was my um, first thing, came to mind. That one's rough, but at least 
people kind of have the basic needs hewn out and even beyond that, like they've kind of figured out basic trade and culture. Um, I would say from a movie perspective, Resident Evil three, because um, I haven't watched that in a long time. So, you know, you've got the virus has destroyed the entire world. You've got um, basically no ability to recreate food. So like all the crops are dead, all the animals are dead. You're basically just holding on for the sake of holding on. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, the the rest of the series or the redemption arc in which, you know, things are getting better and, you know, humanity's fighting back or whatever. But that one's truly at the point where it's like the only thing that they are doing is killing the people who are holding out and are responsible for the virus. But there's not like, there's not a silver lining at the end of it. It's not like, Oh, we did it now. What? It's like, well, the ground's still dead. The water's still dead. And it makes you think about some of the things that are going on, you know, globally, you know, the, uh, the Flint water issue because of it's either trying to remember if it's Pepsi or Coke. I don't want to, Misattribute. Yeah. Well, I know that what Flint, uh, that's Flint, Michigan, right? They can't get clean water up there for whatever reason. Yeah. And so what ended up happening is it's one of the, the big two. And um, I, I'm Googling it and I'm trying to remember what happened. Um, it was one of the large soft drink makers ended up saying, we're going to pull water from the local water reservoir and they can just get it elsewhere and that's that's a terrible synopsis but it ended up that you know you've you've destroyed one ecosystem and people's access to clean water and ability to live versus another one and you know being able to produce your own bottled water Mm -hmm. the irony is not lost on me but you, you think about this and this is happening in multiple locations i know i know it was nestle for uh, India. So let me, uh, let me get that water issues, 99 million black safe water. So this is water.org. I kind of like the whole zoom thing, you know, cause we're able to uh, actually look shit up while you, we can fact yeah. check it. Speaking of fact. Indian stuff, when, last time we were talking about, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, no, we're good. Alibaba, right? Yeah, Alibaba. Uh, and now the CEO, is he the CEO, Jack Ha? Is that his name? Yeah, Jack, Jack Ma. Jack Ma. Like he's, he's the former former owner, so CEO is now Daniel Zhang. Okay, well, apparently Jack Ma has gone missing for two months because he talked shit about the Chinese government. Quick. Yeah, <laughs> like they can't find him anywhere. And it was like Ooh. him and like a couple other people or something. I mean. I read that out the other day and I was like, oh, man, this is just, that's what me and John were talking about. Don't don't talk shit about the, yeah, the Chinese government. Yeah, dude. They'll Last guy that did that um, lost an election. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's they're they're a powerhouse. Um, Alibaba. Uh, let's see here. Their revenue is sitting at five oh nine billion, so about half a trillion dollars. It's not bad. That's pretty good, I guess. I mean, I could I could take a tenth of it and make some moves. <laughs> Live out some good old days on it. It's actually now now got to know how how does AWS stack up? All right, let's hear. Um, oh, I'm not even seeing their uh, 
their income. I guess uh, they don't want to share that. The Google, the Google doesn't know. Let's see the revenue. Come on, Google. Let me look it up. Oh, revenue calculator. Okay, net income. Net income is eleven billion. So let let that sink in. Fuck. Ali Alibaba Group has half a trillion. Amazon has eleven point five nine billion as of twenty nineteen. And now, of course, uh, Alibaba is posting twenty twenty numbers. So we'll see how that goes. But it's. I mean, you're you're looking at a a very very large company and a market with uh, a lot of people. Hmm. So it's interesting. All right, dude. Well, you want to take this thing home? Country road, <laughs> take me home. Nice, nice. Um. Well, yeah, man. This was uh, it was good talking to you again, and. Yeah, man, we had some good topics right there. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, the the generator's fun. I don't uh, I don't know. Maybe if you'll have me on another time, we'll do it. Oh, for sure. uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, It makes you think and dive a little bit deeper. And like you know, when we said nine eleven, it's like man, I haven't really thought about that in years. And oh, you know, so yeah, we're doing what today, but (laughs) yeah, well, that's true too. It gets the brain firing a little bit though, and. Yeah. Get you going. But so anyway, appreciate you doing this. Appreciate you appreciate your time. Likewise. Enjoy being on, brother. We'll do it again. All right, man. Cheers to you. Be safe and all that good stuff. Man, we are back for the post show sealer select party. Uh, we've been we've been bullshitting, but yeah, so again, unless you know you're talking about people doing CrossFit, I think that the the guys and the girls who are doing the CrossFit are obviously going to be attractive unless it looks like they were hitting the face with a snow shovel. Like, then it's like, oh, but I mean, they're always going to be like, you know, pretty good shape. But here's a question. All right. You're a, you're a gentleman of beyond 30. All right. I'm let's, coming let's up, coming, that. yeah, coming up on the mid 30s. Oh, coming up? Shit, dude, I'm going to be uh, over that mid 30 hurdle. Oh, okay. But, uh, I didn't know you were older than me. I thought we were the same age. What? Yeah, right. I'm 35. 36 I'll, in a month. Oh, I'll be 35 in June. Damn. Okay. Oh, shit, I didn't know. Oh, All right. I didn't know that either. For some reason, I thought we were the same age. Okay. I did. Anyway. I, I, dude, I, I thought you were Matt's age. Matt's older than fuck. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, so serious question. Like, you're doing the CrossFit. You're, you're living the life. And I was talking to my boy, the one I was talking about doing business with. Yeah. Um. Do you see yourself transitioning more into the stretching and the low weight, high rep sort of like, so, I mean, dude, when I was at Radford in my twenties, I would, I do cheat curls. I did cheat curls with a 20 pound wristband and 110 in the dumbbells. Now I was throwing it up on my shoulder. My shoulders were huge. This is like, I could take, um, I mean, my girl, Danielle, she was a buck 20. My friends were like between a buck 20, buck 30. I'd, I'd throw them up on my shoulder, carry them around like right, a fucking right. um, and, uh But I mean, do you see yourself like transitioning less from like the muscle gain and more of like the flexibility? Because, man, I wake up and I, I hurt in the morning. So I'm uh, like, oh, that's a little stiff. So uh, how much, I mean, like there, there's a lot of different areas of CrossFit and – you can take it as far as you want it to be. You can make it what you want it to be, in my opinion. So, okay. and as I get older, uh, I am warming up more, and I'm also okay. like I've 
you know, I'm sitting here drinking a glass of whiskey, but I've also dialed in my nutrition more. Just whiskey, whiskey neats, not like, yeah, like you know, adding a bunch. You know, no, if, I, if I add any soda or something, it's just like a Coke Zero or a Diet Coke. And I've, I've cut, you know, I try to eliminate all sugar in my life. Right. Um, but yeah, so like I used to be, you know, and you can talk to anyone down at the gym, I would come in and just pick up the bar a couple of times and work up to a heavy weight. And like, all right, that's all the warming up I'm doing. Let's roll, you know? And all right. Yeah. But I mean, you're stretching now. Like, yeah. So now I'm actually, I go through about 15, 10, 15 minutes of just warming up dynamic movements is what I do. Stretching, um, getting this kind of, you know, just get my body ready for whatever we got on the ticket there. And, um, the, the program we're doing now is I'll, I'm in and out of the gym by an hour with my workouts. Not anything extra I want to do is just on me, but, Right. Me, James and I, we were competing pretty heavily there for a while, and we followed what was called Invictus Athlete, which is uh, for elite CrossFit athletes trying to go to the Super Bowl of CrossFit. And, right. you know, we were down there training for two or three hours. And right. you're, you're hitting it in. Yeah, and so it's like, you know, you do a big strength thing, trying to, like a huge snatch, clean and jerk. and We, we bench, but not much. Um but it's like Olympic weightlifting movements, and you're trying to get strong at those, and you're doing like gymnastics type stuff. Then you might have to go run a 5K. And do they? Do, is it uh, weight moves per time, or is it more like um, form, or are you judged on all of it? Uh, no, uh, per time. So depending on like with CrossFit, it could be, you know, you have 10 minutes to hit a heavy squat, clean, and jerk, the heaviest one you can do. Mm. So it doesn't matter how you do it; you could pick it up, whatever. Uh, the ugliest way, like, a, you know, this is bad to say. It's not. So you, you have you have 10 minutes to hit the heaviest weight. So if you hit the heaviest weight, like two minutes in, you're like, I'm done. Yeah. Like I've done competitions and, uh, you know, like well, usually when the competitions I do, the first workout is usually like hit a huge snatch, the heaviest one you can do in 10 minutes. And if you go out there and throw up 225 and just say, because that's, that's big, and especially in the type of competitions I'm doing, like right. people are going to be like, that's all you got to do. And you can sit there and chill and you can just watch other people. And if they throw on two thirty, all right, let me throw up two thirty five. Oh, so you get the chance to like go back yeah. in. And so it's 10 minutes. Like you can do 20 reps. If you want to, you can do five. Oh, so so like, it, it depends on like right. whatever the workout is written as. It just depends how you want to approach it. So, I mean, so you're in your, your golden years. All right. And I want to say that because between 20 or between 30 and 40, uh, genetically speaking, men get their maximum muscle density and capacity. Yeah. So that's why when people are over 40, Tom Brady, um, they're like, okay, you're done, you're out. But mm -hmm. you see a lot of people really doing like your 20s are developing the muscle memory and the muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And then your 30s are really kind of, you know, targeting whatever muscles you want to do. Like, so for me, as I'm in, in my declining years, um, what is it that, like, are you focusing on either, like, hitting maybe a, a new weight record, like either your BMI or the amount of weight you're pushing, or <clears throat> are you looking to, like, be more self-controlled? And I'm, I'm saying this because, like, my aspect, I've – I've done the heavy lifting. I've done a lot of moving. I've, I've done a lot of moving too, mm -hmm. but I'm really like, you know, I think I'm good. I want to be flexible. I want to, um, not ache 
like, are you feeling any of that yet? Or, and this of course is like somebody that's doing a lot of active work versus somebody that does a lot of chair sitting. (laughs) No, uh, you know, I, I feel young still. Like, you know, I go in there and, you know, and a lot of the people I train with are like we were talking about, I'm, th- I'm coming up on 35, but they're late twenties or right at 30. So I'm the old guy in the gym and, you know, I still feel like I'm trying to just be the big dog with the big dogs and not get off the porch, you know? And Well, I mean, do you feel, um, do you feel like they're pushing you off the porch or you're No, I, cause I still hang with them, man. You're, you're like, no, we're good. We're good. Yeah, so com- comfortably. Like, no, I'm, I'm still on a porch running with them. And like, you know, with CrossFit, I'm not going to win every ath- or, uh, workout because, you know, I'm talking about these competitions and I'm, I'm never the strongest guy by any means there. So like, e- even though like for my body weight and what I do, yeah, I do pretty well, but there's also going to be some monster there who weighs 225 and he'll throw up. Almost a, pounds. Yeah, like a three fifteen cleaning jerk, and it's like that's you know yeah. that's up there with elite status, and it's like what yeah. the fuck, and you know I'm over there like I hope I hit two sixty today, <laughs> and so, right. uh, but like All then the like the cool thing is like you know we'll come up on a next workout, and it might be bar muscle ups and gymnastics with maybe some light thrusters and, you're just like, and, that, and that's my you know like because obviously me i'm i roughly weigh i usually float between 165 and 170 and then float into you know trying to do body weight movements with a big guy like him doing 240 or you know whoever right but uh it's, it's different you know it's um you know bruce lee was extremely small but i mean pound for pound killer yeah he was a cool dude too he was like one of the first ones like who took all the different martial arts and actually put them together which is kind of what crossfit does and that's what jeet kundo man yeah and it's just like this is kind of cool because he was one of the he's obviously was a pioneer for it and maybe that's how mma was born just because he was the first guy like hey i'll just do everything because back in the day it was just you either do jujitsu or karate or whatever so, what is the other? There's a bunch of other kung fu, I guess. Dude, there's so many martial arts. You have um, muay. Let's hear muay thai. Uh, muay thai. Muay thai. Uh, krav. Krav Maga. Uh, shit. I forgot about that one. Capoeira. I'm trying to think of the uh, the African martial art. Yeah. Because um, capoeira is more of the islands, but I mean, you have a martial art style for every section of the world because mm-hmm. sometimes people just get tired of putting up with shit. It'll be interesting to see if there's the American uh, fighting style that comes across, but I think it'll ultimately be. I mean, kind of going back on the manager, kind of going back on what you just said, though. I mean, like, look at LeBron James. He's 36 and still running with the big dogs in the NBA, and considerably might get MVP this year. He probably should have got it last year, but just a matter of votes or whatever. But he's learned. He learned like, all right. You got to take care of yourself and you got to take, you got to do, there's science to it. I mean, you know, and as technology gets better, we learn more and more about the human body and what it's capable of. And like, we're breaking records yeah. every year, you know, breaking records. And, you know, we're learning like, I mean, what's the average lifespan now compared to, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago. I don't know. I mean, what, what, like if you got, if you made it to 50, you're like, fuck you're old. I hope you don't die soon. And now it's like, it ain't no thing to see it at 80, 90. You know, like one thing I told myself at one point is like, I I wouldn't mind being a centurion and try to live to a hundred, but I want to be able to function. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be the guy just 
laying around. Uh, no, and- it's uh, 72.6 years. Uh, let's see your global <clears throat> lifespan. We'll, we'll, we'll do our birth year, 1980. Uh, this should be interesting. Here. Hold up. U.S. Uh, I don't give a shit about this. Come on. That's the problem with Google. Like, you get a ton of information, but not the answer you want. 73.7. So it's went down. Really? Is that because of COVID? No. Why would I, well, I wonder why it would go down. Honestly, people were outside living their lives more. So, I mean. My opinion. Well, that's true, too. Let's see here. Let me do lifespan 90s then. Where are you getting this information from? Same place everything happens, dude. The old Google. Go- the old Google. Hmm, that's interesting. Because I would think as time goes on that we get better and better as, you know. That's a theory. Well, yeah. Is that you know, we should improve. Yeah, you life. would think our lifespan would get. In 1990, it was 75.2. So let's see here. Now now I got to know, dude. So we're, we're still going up. Lifespan... <laughs> 2000s. So I wonder if it's diet. Oh, dude, it might be. Because, you know, as we got older and older, I mean, you can go to McDonald's and get a burger for a dollar. Dude, we were just talking about how that horse shit is easily available. And I say horse shit as I support it and buy it, but it's, it's processed food that goes through three layers and average life no that's not right there's no way quick stats there we go i want i want something that makes me happy and quickly mm, don't uh, we all 2000, <laughs> 2007 <laughs> average life expectancy in the u.s was 77.9 years when was this of 2007 to 2010s i mean uh, 70, so 72.6 years. And hmm. then, uh, life expectancy. Okay. Current life expectancy in the U S in 2021 is 78.99. So I should have been not comparing global, but U S so, I mean, shit, that's 80 years. So 80 in the U S so you did, glo- you did the first ones you were doing global. Yeah. So, oh. You know, you look at this sort of stuff and you're like, okay, um, how do we compare what areas are living longer, what aren't? And all this goes into the science of diet and nutrition. And the reason why I'm asking you why in the hell my shoulders ache in the mornings. Oh, I mean, it could be a number of things. I mean, I mean, what is your diet like? I mean, oh, it's shit. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, that's one thing I've learned. And I've also added CBD to my diet. diet. Yeah, I don't I like it. It's not for everybody, but um, I, do, um, I do CBD when I'm like achy or whenever I want to um, kind of just ease off into an evening and not like, mm-hmm. you know, the THC. So people are like, oh, CBD is THC. It's like, no, it, it feels completely different. It's just like easing off and it doesn't make everything go away. Yeah. It just makes it more tolerable. And mm-hmm. I do. I'm a huge believer in CBD. So CB, you have CBD for normal aches and pains. You have CBG and CBN. CBN lets you sleep. Uh, let me see here. CB. A lot of people CBD. say CBD stands for snake oil. 
Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's I, I, I'm, I've heard it helps with inflammation and that's why I like it so much. Yeah. As far as anxiety and stuff like that, I've never, I'm not an anxious person. Honestly, the THC does more with anxiety and in my personal life, not me, but people that I've known have had great success being able to have a mixture of CBD, THC, and I say this through marijuana therapy, that they have gotten back to what would be considered normal. Mm -hmm. Normal, again, is relative, but they've gotten to like a normal therapeutic level of I can function through my day. I am not anxious. I am not in pain. And it's, it's one of those things that it's, we've had 40 years of medical science being like, we can fix this by doing this. Well, what about, you know, going to any sort of CBD THC derivative? No, we don't want to do that. But it works. I would want to do that. And like 40 years of them finally like, well, what do you think about this? And I'm like, eh, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. Okay. And it's not. There, there's starting to be more studies of how it actually improves a lot of people, like people with arthritis and stuff. Right. And we don't have the 1970s. Um, we want to show that marijuana kills brain cells. Well, how do you do that? Uh, it doesn't kill brain cells. It only like kind of keeps them stationary. Well, you're testing on monkeys, right? Yeah. Well, figure out how you make marijuana smoke kill brain cells. And what they would do is they take these monkeys and they put them under a 80% marijuana smoke to 20% air for 16 hours. Well, of course, the monkeys came out retarded because they were oxygen deprived. Yeah, for 16, they're, 20 they're hours. Yeah. And... They're like, oh, look, it destroys brain cells. And the government's like, look, we have proof. And it, uh, it became the whole, uh, you know, pogrom against any sort of hermetic natural remedy that uh, Thomas Jefferson would have prescribed. <laughs> well, when you're talking about your shoulders hurting and stuff, I mean, you said your diet's trash. You ever thought about the carnivore diet? You ever, do you know what that is? Um, well... As a, as a man of measure, I'm familiar with damn near every diet. Uh, I like the carnivore diet. Um, I like the keto diet for similar reasons, but I've considered vegan keto for a while. And that's just because like the carnivore diet, any of these, you know, I guess carnivore is like Atkins Pro, right? Mm-hmm. You get these diets that are super fat saturated and it's like, what am I doing to my arteries? and intestines mm -hmm. and there comes a point and it's super important and they don't stress it enough they're like if you're going to start this diet fucking stick to it because if you do any of these meats fat rich heavy diets for two weeks and don't keep with it your body builds up the plaque and doesn't burn it out and then they're yeah. like well you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna have some crackers i'm gonna have a you know yeah. cheat today and it, it can destroy you internally I think that they're great. I think that if you're, you know, a carnivore diet, like if you're, if you're going and doing the Viking thing, like you, you know, getting up in the mornings, working out, eating the right stuff and you're active, it's a good process. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so many of us are now living at home, sitting in front of a, I mean, right now I've got you 
and my two screens up at the top. And this is, this is where I'm at 12 to 16 hours a day, sometimes 20. So you're not even getting out and about. I mean, so not only I got, a, fit- I got a yoga, I got a yoga mat and it gets uh, less use than my whiskey glass. So, I mean, does that take a strain on you? I mean, for me, like I know in quarantine when like I was fortunate enough to be able to still go to the gym and move around, but you know, like, you know, I don't get to go out on weekends and visit some breweries or wineries or anything, but still my mental game, I could tell was taking, or it still is kind of taking a, a, a hurt or whatever you want to call it because it's like, fuck, you know, like Saturday night, Friday night, it's like, Guess I'll just stay in. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I thought we you know we might go get a couple beers and some food, but it's like, mm, well, maybe we should not well, go. We can't go. Well, I'm going to say uh, this. I think that uh, our group of friends is the most mentally equipped to deal with that. And I say, like, not our age group. I'm saying our group of friends because ever since college, we've always been getting on Xbox. We've all been doing the gaming hanging out drinking remotely from our house Mm -hmm. and we've transitioned most of us into relationships marriage single etc and it's always to a healthy point of like any of us could spend 100 200 bucks a night just throwing back shots oh we've been at the bars doing that dude i remember in college that we can put the Put the hurt on it. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, God. That's me? Like, oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. it was, Somebody it stole my card, man. <laughs> they stole my card and gave me a hangover. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you get this, you know, we've been hanging out digitally and virtually for a long That's time. That's true. That's so, a good point. Um, and I think that helps because we're, you know, like we're not – starved for social attention and we understand that yeah you know what it's fun to go to a bar and have you know some dude or lady who has spent the last six years honing their craft create a superb cocktail and hand it to you mm-hmm. for 15 bucks like that's great i love that experience i agree like, let me let me put this other smoke smoke the whiskey i'm gonna add this you know i cut this um particular fruit a certain way i added the simple syrup we make in house and then boom done like whiskey sour fantastic but it also kind of sucks when you're like okay i just got three drinks for what i could buy old homebrew uh-huh. and you weren't putting homebrew in there you're putting in uh, some uh maker's mark if i'm lucky but you know no it's usually with evan williams for house Oh, EW. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, I remember growing up, Sharkies. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, you're paying for the experience. And yeah, I mean, it's a great time. I'm not knocking it by any means. I love going out no. and drinking. But yeah, you can do just enough. Oh, where, where you going? Where keep, you going? Well, keep talking. I forgot I've been slow roasting some mushrooms. Oh, some psilocybin? Yeah. Well, the, so the problem, not psilocybin, the, the problem is. I've been cooking mushrooms for the last four hours, like uh, miso and mushrooms. Yeah. So I'm going to end up, uh, yeah, I burnt the shit out of these. Uh, fun facts. That's you uh, see me. Your headset's got pretty good range if you're. Uh... Oh, um, 125 feet. Damn, you got it nailed down. So, well, that's so I can run off and not have any issues. But, yeah. I was but, like, 
man, that smells great. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, going, I mean, going back though, I mean, like you said that, you know, every Friday, Saturday night is, or we're, you know, you know, I've been kind of absent for the most part, but there in a little bit, we're, we're playing games and, you know, we have each other to kind of still bullshit and chat with and have a few drinks and good times and, you know, talk shit to each other. And there's some people who don't have that at all and they're confined they there wherever and they can't go out. And it's got to be, you know, like when I think about it's, it, it's like the struggle is real. Yeah. Like, fuck. Like, you know, you don't have no social interaction. You know, you, what do you go to the grocery store and just run back home as fast as you can? It's like, God. And just well, have Netflix gamers, to entertain you. I mean, it's tough. It, it, it's very tough. The gaming community, I think, because, and I, I see the greater gaming community from 12, 8, fucking 5 at these points to 50, 60, 70 years old. I think they've kind of got it. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm still hanging out with people that I can have a meaningful reaction with. We're still talking. We're still having a good time. Mm-hmm. But we're not able to tell people like if you don't game like my uh, my lady is a perfect example of people who don't game if if you put a brand new television with an xbox and xbox um it's not gold it's the what's the what's the series better one series x no 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 what's the what's the upcharged um version that you can game pass games so Xbox Game Pass, PlayStation's version of Game Pass, PS5, all that hooked into, you know, a, a 240 hertz refresh, 8K TV. Don't give two like shits. fucking flowing and going. The fuck is she going to do? Because she doesn't have any friends that she talks to that would be interested in that either. Like you, sure. could, you could literally buy all these people that, and they would look at it like, well, what do I do with this? Because they enjoy being outside. They enjoy being with people physically or not like, you know, having their own self time. And I think a lot of introverts are having, I want to call like a threshold of maximum self help time. <clears throat> sure. But there needs to be some sort of interaction that breaks that up because now you're getting almost like people are becoming hermits Yeah. and you do, you do one of two things. Either you say, fuck quarantine, I'm out. I'm going to do what I want, live my life or they're becoming so sullen that it's almost a, you know, an anti-health perspective. Hmm. Well, with generation, yeah. was it generation Z, I, well, some of them called them I because of the iPhone, but they were the, whoever, what year it is to actually have a, a phone in their pockets at all times. Whereas we, like I was, 16 when I got my 16 yep. I think I was 16 when I, when I got my finally got my license and I got my a Nokia brick <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I think you could text on it you will and call Dude, you, you could text on it you could also throw it across the uh, yeah nothing universe yeah it'd be spot not a scratch dude but you know I, t- and texting wasn't really cool then nobody texted you know and like but now it was like yo yo like was basically a it was the text version of call me like, yo. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, what's up? Call me. What are you doing? And then, yeah. but, uh, but so now it's just like there people are, some people are okay as long as they got a screen in front of them. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm probably yeah. pretty addicted to my phone. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I'll be sitting there watching a movie and all of a sudden, like, Oh, what the fuck happened to this guy? Let me check out. And then all of a sudden I'm Googling stuff like, Oh, I've missed half the movie already. Fuck. And, yeah. but, uh, my point is, yeah, I mean, 
I think now we're, are we kind of in the middle of that? We got balance because we know like all right, too much phone is I don't too I don't much, but we know how to still go have some social phone. interaction with well, even though it, it might be video games or well, people people haven't figured it out yet. They're they've not gotten to the balance of this is my socially responsible distance versus the checks I go through. And it's again, nowhere in the U S I think certain places in Europe are like, Hey, we're doing a much better job. And then China is like, fuck you. You get a new version of the virus. But, uh, <laughs> do, you, do you really think China made the virus? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Absolutely. I still go back and forth with it. If it actually came out of a lab from Wuhan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do I believe that this is a virus that was made in China that escaped from it? Yes. Or did it, it just, it, they, it just escaped randomly you think, or they actually was like, ah, fuck it, throw it out there. See what happens. I would say let's fucking throw it out there. I mean, you have a virus that has, again, a 99.7% survival rate mm-hmm. and then you send it out into the world and you're like yeah fuck it if a few million people die i mean that's from so you, what i've seen it's very chinese so you do think it was man-made in a lab yeah huh i mean you you mean to tell me that eating a raw bat has caused the virus i mean i'm not disagreeing just i'm still kind of on the fence about it like well, hold up. i'm not saying you're disagreeing I'm just saying, like we've had, we've heard two stories. Mm-hmm. It was man-made, right? Or some dude that ate a raw bat gave us all the virus, right? Like, which, which one of those sounds like it may be more plausible? Well, like, there's probably some idiot out there who decided to eat a raw bat. Oh, if you told me some dumb bastard was out there eating raw animals, I, it like, happens all the time. Not a doubt. There's not a doubt in my mind. Now, if you told me that. That person is responsible for a global pandemic versus Wuhan, China, having a lab that synthesized a virus that would be distributed with like, I mean, the, the amount of information that came out of China was super forthcoming, except for when it got to Beijing. And then there's like, Bloop. now, is that with China's operators Monday? Yeah. Like, they're not going to say shit. Anyways, like, I mean, the fucking president could go, and they're not going to tell you for months. But the idea that there was some sort of cross-species contamination from a random bat is the same as the Christian right when they said, oh, um, AIDS came from a guy who was gay that butt-fucked a monkey. I don't know. I can't. I can't be a part of it. <laughs> trying to. Th- I'm trying to gather my thoughts on it, man. Like I fr- that because the AIDS pandemic was I mean, or epidemic was. Uh, uh, it was. It was scary. I mean, I'm, I didn't really live that time, but I remember the first time. Like it was like you know, like we were talking about basketball we were earlier. There, like uh, Princess Diana um, was. Since one she of had the AIDS? big things. No. Oh. Uh, one of the big. One of the big things she did was hug someone with AIDS. And as British royalty, and as much as it's, it's crazy to think, like you have a small island that took over everywhere and everybody said, fuck you, but they still care about what their monarchy says. You get this whole experience. 
but she hugged someone with AIDS. And it was a big step for people saying, okay, it's okay for me to understand that this is a disease, but it's not so contagious that if I care for someone who has it, that I'm going to die by just looking at them. Mm -hmm. And like, it was a big step for world health. It's weird to think that the socially biased care of an individual would cause a global understanding and acceptance of what it is to be clean and unclean and exposure, et cetera. But truly, you know, we, we live in that kind of world, man. I remember the first time hearing about age and HIV was when Magic Johnson got it or received it or however. He's still around. And he's still, but I remember like, Oh no, like, you know, he was this greatest sports hero kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. And I was like, oh, no, like I and like all I understood being however old I was. I mean, I'm sure I don't remember. You're fucking year. five. man. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, he's dead. He's gone. And and that, that kind of was the uh, the narrative for it was that, oh, no, he got it from a gay guy. And yeah. Then we found out, well, that's and, it's just not no, in the gay community. No, because, well, it it wasn't that he got it from gay guys because Magic Johnson was throwing pipe to every <laughs> exactly. female in a 500 mile radius. Exactly. Have you ever, uh, do you know who Jose Canseco is? I may have, uh, heard of baseball. Okay. 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 So yeah, he was a famous baseball player. He juiced up and all that. But anyway, his book juiced, uh, he actually has a quote near like, if you want to find like the best, I'm going to butcher this by, so if anybody's listening, don't fight me on it. But anyway, it's like, if you want to find the best athletes, go to the, the best strip or the strip joint in the city that they're playing in. Dude. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's I just, mean, I mean, I mean, but it's, it's so hard. Like with Tiger Woods and stuff, like you have women like just throwing themselves at you. And it's like, how do you fight like, the temptation? On. You're, you're physically attractive. You have a ton of money. And you think that women aren't going to be like, yeah. And you're the top person hello? in your game. And you're just, I mean, nobody's going to say, nah, that dude sucks. Well, there's not going to be a point that women say, I hate alphas. Now, there's there's obviously women that are with their men, and their men may be alphas in their mind. They may not be. There's Their settling happens all over. Mm-hmm. Men and women do their settling and their whatever. I'm not, I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about single people seeking a mate. Genetically speaking, you are looking for the alpha. You're like the best you can get. If you're a female, like, I mean, I'm going with the male to female ratio because I, I don't know much, if anything, about female athletes and how they're approached by guys. So I'm going with the opposite. So you have women who have spent a long time dedicating themselves to their physical appearance, mm-hmm. their ability to be um, articulate, mentally expansive they've got their own degrees and stuff but they also know that in the current society to live in it's great to hook on to a guy that is extremely wealthy because again like why marry down we can marry up you're gonna get a lot of cream of the crawl like i mean cream floats up man like if you're if you're at the top of your game cream you're gonna yeah you're gonna get a lot of like cream floats up like you're going to get a lot of like exceptional women. Like you're not talking about women like, 
<laughs> I'm cute. Look at my boobs. Like, you're, talking about, you're talking about women that are like, oh, my God, hot, like smoking hot. Like, what'd you do? Well, you know, I actually just got my uh, my bachelor's at MIT. I'm actually a molecular uh, engineer for, uh, you know, biology and cellular entities. And I just butchered the shit out of that. But I'm saying, like, you're getting women who have master's degrees that are gorgeous that are coming at you in a way to say i want to be a part of you in this lifestyle because you are the epitome and i am in that range right it's incredible i mean absolutely incredible like these guys that i mean maybe speaking to women before they got famous that were i mean i don't want to quantify people but let's say like you know a through F. Maybe they're talking through and with somebody that's in a good strong C game. And they were in a good strong C game. And everybody's like, you know, we have a similar demographic, similar mindset, etc. Well, then all of a sudden, boom, they jump up to A and they have access to A. Like, how do you make the sort of choice of like, it's, and this is why, you know, judging someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger judging someone like um, well, Tiger Woods. How do you get to the point that you say, oh, because your situation and your options have changed, you're a shitty person? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what a, I think it's called assertive mating? Uh, you know what? Finally, you got me. I have no idea what this is. So I think it's it's kind of going off what you said there. So like, um, and I probably, I might be fucking this up, but so oh, if a, you know if a woman with a PhD, this is the, this is the after show, dude. Don't co- worry about it. Okay, yeah, you're right. So, so, uh, so if a woman, in my experience, um, so let's say they're six foot tall, they're always right. going to go find a a mate who is six foot ish taller or Six right there at one. yeah and it's yeah. like and it's like with women with p i mean with phds too they're not really gonna go after anybody who has you know they might go after a bachelor's party or a bachelor's party uh bachelor's right. degree yeah, or but you know that they're kind of gonna like look into it like an equal amount of what they live their values and morales of life of being so um right. you know like me being whatever five seven on a tall day like hold th- up hold up throw throw up five seven five seven <laughs> yeah oh so uh no i remember being at a bar one time and uh i walked up to a girl and this was i think i was you remember you remember dustin and brandon uh dustin a cooper bit, yeah okay oh. shout, shout oh, out to yeah. them they listen <laughs> what are we talking about um, cooper loop uh, fucking coop 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 and loop baby i think it's his birthday uh, today oh uh, dude let me let me holler at coop because he was like, hey, you know, I, I went home with a girl last night. We would all say, yeah, Cooper. So we go, oh. <laughs> Every time. Hey, oh. <laughs> Every time. No, but, uh, but, uh, no, no, all right. <laughs> no, no, that is good. That is oh. true. But anyway, shout out Dustin Cooper. But anyway, uh, we were at a bar one time. I think we were actually in Winston-Salem. At, there was a bar down there called Johnny and okay. June's at one point. I don't know if it's still there. But anyway, I walked up to a girl, and instantly, I think I may have said this, you know, got hay out or something like that. And I was just like, you're too short for me. Well, uh, yeah, and that, that was like, like my reaction, too. I was like, 
So anyway, it's just like, and that's just part Maybe of the, like, your reaction should be like, uh, yeah, if, yeah, if, if I could do that, but no, it was just like, oh, so this, there's, that's just what women are looking for, you know? Well, I mean, and, and I kind of do, I get that, but it kind of sucks at the same time, but, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure that's what assertive mating is, is that they're always looking for somebody they just, you know, there's almost standards well, to it. They just hold, don't... hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out the most offensive thing ever. All right, assertive made it. Five seven, good looking dude, built out, CrossFit all the time. Oh shit, shit who's that? Lock. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. That, that, I mean, I know a dude. But what I'm saying is, it's incredible, and I like to see how the internet is kind of flexing back. It's like, how tall are you? Well, you know, I'm this. How much do you weigh? Why does that matter? Uh, bitch? Like, I mean, how are you going to go and come at somebody for their height and their weight not matter? And women have been, like, taught this body positivity. I support it. I think body positivity is great. Like, you are the body that you have. Now, hold on. I don't want you to throw out a body positivity for unhealth. I think that if you're a fat fuck and you can't get around, I'm not body positive. Like you're unhealthy, lose weight. First of all, and if that hurts somebody's feelings, fuck them. They'll be all right. But what I'm saying is that certain people are built certain ways. Mm-hmm. I'm tall, and I mean I'm not the tallest guy I know. I'm not the shortest guy I know. Six five. Boom. We're gonna throw out numbers. Five seven six five. Your dick's bigger than mine. It's cool. No but what deal. I'm saying, I mean, hey, I love it, baby. I'm swinging eight. My favorite Chris Sheeler statement, and I use it all the time. My girlfriend <laughs> still tells me, she's like, you're not swinging eight. I was like, shut up. I love <laughs> no, uh, two, so two thoughts on that. Um, so I, I Googled just to make sure I wasn't fucking this up. A sort of mating is a mating pattern and form of sexual selection in which individual, individuals with similar phenotypes mate with one another more frequently than would be expected under a random mating pattern. Some sure. examples of a similar phenotype of body size or skin colorization or pigmentation. That actually makes sense. It's like I'm looking for someone that falls um, falls in with them. Keep going. Sorry. I was just thinking out loud. All right. Well, yeah, it falls within the um, uh, social stereotypes. Yeah. It's like it says observable characteristics. Yeah, well, observable characters. Religion, cultural, or ethnic person, ethnic persons, or professional interests. Well, religion and personal are actually two things. And again, this is this is social. Um, what is it? Uh, Todd Snyder, conservative Christian, right wing Republican, straight white American man, and and that's been the the global viewpoint of like the epitome of what it is for a woman to seek. And uh, I've known people and have said, oh, I don't think that that's entirely genuine. I find mm, characteristics outside of that stereotype to be what I'm looking for. I'm like, that's great. This is just a song by a guy that's saying it because of the social stereotypes they're in based on the, the global purview. Yeah. It's, and thinking about how you go to a bar when 
we could still go to bars, right? We just talked about that a minute ago. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, meeting people, discussing with other individuals what we can do. You know what? Honestly, maybe maybe that's our end. We'll do a virtual bar. Well, that's what a lot of people do now. They have like a virtual happy hour for with quarantine. Well, they get I on mean, Zoom or... But, that, but you know those people. You know those people. Like, we should do a virtual bar, man. Like, what, just, what do you mean? Like a chat roulette kind of thing? Kind of. Remember chat roulette? <laughs> dude, you say that? Like, what it do? I forgot about it, dude. But until you just said that, though. Dude, I had no idea. What, what the fuck is a chat roulette? I'm so it was back, I forgot, maybe or late, mid-2000s. But anyway, like, you would, uh, it's almost kind of like a Tinder and dating app. But anyway, you would uh, log into a huge chat room. Yeah. And you would just start talking to people, and you would hit next if you didn't like them or whatever. Yeah, fuck and, off. And like half the time, that I, <laughs> there's just people just jacking off on there. That, I mean, it's like, look, I want to. doing like that's like, like that's probably the origin of dick pics. It's like, you think you can do it now? <laughs> but can you do it now? <laughs> get off! No, there's a lot of sick so, fucks out in the world though. But I think oh. that that's what was going on. That was chat roulette. So, like, when you say virtual bar, I mean. Well, that is chat roulette. <laughs> well, hold on. I mean, other than, like, dick in hand, it is chat roulette. And I think that people are consciously and subconsciously figuring out we meet people. Forward, Full forward. stop. We, we meet people. But how do you meet people? Well, you know, I meet people in email, online, on Facebook in a bar, at the supermarket, at the gas station. At the, like, there's so many ways we meet people. Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, what do you want your interaction to be? And you get this idea of like, I'm going to have this as a thing. And people can come and join in. And maybe they have a camera like this. Like, hey, this is, this is my avatar. And they come up and say hi. And you know what? You see a girl, she has a cute avatar, you go up and say hi. There's there's tons of ability for a lion trap. Because tell me, there are women who will go out and they will wear no makeup and they're sexy and fine. And for there's sure. women who natural go out, baby. Natural. There's women who go out and they're like, Jesus fucking Christ. This is a remodel that wears away with uh, the next rainstorm. Like, not what you think you're going to get. And that's how it is. You're always going to get that. You're going to get your people that are like, well, you know, if you can't handle me at my worst, don't accept me at my best. Mm -hmm. and, heard, and then show that. you their best and then be like, you know, F you. But I think we're we're figuring out very much. Um, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out. I want you to throw this into the uh, the extras. You got something else? Yes, sir. Uh, let's see here. Uh, <clears throat> what what is it? What are, you, what are you throwing out? So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. People people should realize that Ready Player One. That's a good movie. It's a great movie, but. Here's my thing. Uh, you should immediately understand that Ready Player One 
has um, a dark side. What do you mean? Well, imagine you can create and do anything. They show you all of the um, the glamorous, high-end, super fun stuff that you can do, but they don't show you all the subverse, the perverse, the the people that are having immediate dopamine hits because they're joining. Like, that has to exist. They're trying, like, the only big bad is the monetization of the entire environment, but the environment itself can have good and bad things. That's deep. Say it again. The, I like that. The, the entire environment can have a monetization, but the individual aspects can have a perversion that is monetarily spoken for. So, I mean, you think about, I mean, all right, let's look at our great, big, beautiful cities. Las New York, Vegas, New York, LA, London, um, Seattle, Tokyo. Um, all of these places have everything Paris. you'd want. They have, uh, we use the same universe, uh, high speed internet. We have um, access to clean water. It's the best time to be alive. Plenty of food. Best time to be alive. Everything you need. But it also has, you know, drugs, um, non-consensual sex. When I say non-consensual, like, I mean, we have strip clubs. And strip clubs are, again, a male predominant. You tell him, dog. Male Shut predominant. Up. I didn't know you. I didn't know he swung that way, but. Right. <laughs> Dude's getting excited about this topic. Keep, yeah, keep going. But you, I mean, strip clubs are a male predominant and large city dominant perspective. But a strip club is in large, and I won't say entirely, but it's in large a consensual experience. There's a lot of gray area. There's, yeah, I, I agree there. There's a lot. And that that's a, a separate topic. But again, like, you get into these areas where you have access to people, places, things, and opportunity, and you have the best of both worlds. And so you get, again, the idea that the entire neural network is for people who want to go in and invest a few hours to make money and live their best lives has nothing to do with the idea that there's people who would go in there and want to live in an opium den until they physically decayed. Hmm. Damn. Tell me I'm wrong. Huh. Never thought about it like that. I mean, it's, um, I won't, I've not played the game. I won't talk shit about it. Cyberpunk 2079? I've been playing it. 2077. Yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible to think that again there's all this opportunity, but uh, I think well to to kind of play it back for people who have seen more mainstream media. If uh, you've seen uh, what's that uh, Christopher Nolan sleep movie? Tenet. No, the other one, the old one. 
Tenant, The Dark Knights. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inceptus and... Yeah, um, no, in, uh, Inception. Inception, there you go. Good call. So, so Inception, there are people and the guy that's like, oh, if I kick over a chair, you wake up. But he literally deals with people that all they want to do is sleep in a fantasy. Like, that dude runs a fucking heroin den, and nobody addresses the fact that, like, holy shit. Like, you're dealing with a heroin den pimp. Nobody's just like, oh, you know, if you kick over a chair, he's a good guy. Like, he literally deals, and if you notice, he deals with a, he's like, oh, it only wakes you up if you're kicked over in a chair. And every single person that you see behind him is laying down on the floor. Let that fucking sink in. If you tell me he's not a pimp. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah, dude. It's crazy shit. Now I gotta go back and rewatch that movie now. Yes, sir. <laughs> Wow, I never looked at it in this perspective. Yeah, and it's, you know, part of why I brought in earlier to the Dave Chappelle conversation, it's people are told, put your hand in here, and if you just let go, it wouldn't be a big deal, but it's like, oh, I'm trying to grab, and now people are gathering all your information, your data, because you want it. He's well, a, he's a he's a man of the times. He's and, a smart uh, guy, and like you know what what he just do recently with HBO and Netflix. He's like, no, pull my shit off, y'all. So if if I want to go get paid or whatever, is that what he was doing? Probably. It was like licensing yeah. fees. Like HBO Max had the old Chappelle shows, and I think Netflix put them on there too. Chappelle show. Yeah, and Chappelle and, and, and like I mean, I respect him for it, but uh, there was something going on. He was not getting his fees or what were paid for them having it on there, which I don't understand how. They put him on there without his consent anyway, but yeah, they took him down because he he was like, nah, y'all y'all can't do that. No. Starting now, uh, I'm cutting off my uh, automated game. Your automated game. Play some me. Yeah, dude. I play. Hold on. <clears throat> I play Raid Shadow Legends. Uh, oh, well, I have some stuff going on in the background there. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, so I um. I stopped it because I had some shit going automation style and I was like, well, you know. Hmm. Gotcha. Well, should we wrap the post show up or? Oh, post show? Post show is post show. I think, I think, I think we went further uh, in a post show than we did in the original. We did, we did. Um, and that's the whole. Yeah, we had some good topics. Dude, the whole point of a post show is to be able to chat relax kind of not have a formula just go with it i think that is going to be like if you if you can keep the post show as you know a lengthy like one hour two hours whatever people are going to watch it they care but to have your show sub an hour preferably 30 to 40 minutes uh uh-huh. 
And that way, what you're getting is people that watch a show. Okay, great. Let's say they're they're feeling the vibe, like you know, uh, James and Shara or James and Sarah. They're they're feeling it, and they're like, you know what? They're, there's a post show going, and they click in. They're watching it. They're having a good time. They're like, all right, you know what? This is this is some good shit. But if you're watching it and you're not you're not feeling the show then the after show isn't going to be for you but uh. you're going to get more consumption from a 30 to 40 minute show than for an hour and a half hmm. it's all about consumption man i mean I, um, I agree with you i mean it, i mean you know I, I look at all these analytics now and like youtube algorithms well i don't really know what their algorithm is but they give you analytics when you post stuff you know, on YouTube, and then when you post it on Spotify and Apple and all that good stuff, and right. But I really don't really know what the hell I'm looking at because I'm still trying to like, I don't get it. It's usually right, like well, you're still learning. Yeah, and still like average view, how many views? Um, there's a lot of impression stuff, is what they call it. Right. Um, and I'm still just trying to figure out that out, and you know, like and like jumps, like I guess people click the stuff, and when they say impressions, yeah. I don't know, like. But I'm, yeah, you like you said, I'm still learning it, and what what people are, and I don't know if it. I'm I'm also learning that you know I'm a avid podcast listener. Like when I'm by myself and not doing anything right. at all or whatever, I got a podcast in, or I'm listening to somebody, right? And so there's a lot of people who do not listen to his podcast as much as I do, I guess. And obviously, yeah, because right. my lifestyle. You know, when I'm at work, I'm fortunate enough to have a podcast in while I'm sitting there doing my thing where other people who can't do that. And that's what I'm like, oh, yeah, this is not growing. But like, So, like, if somebody comes up to me and says, yeah, I listened to episode three. And I was like, oh, well, that was five weeks ago or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get that. But it's just, oh, well, you're behind where I like with people who I listen to a lot. Like, I try to stay current. Yeah. But it's like, well, why did you listen to that one? And it's like, what did they tag? Yeah, to bring in, and and that that's another good thing. Like it'll show you like your most viewed video sure. for a certain what. Hold up, hold up one second. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the meeting. I gotta I got to call. Hold up. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 